you like conversation on a variety of topics? Feel like no one wants to talk about the things that interest you? Tired of only hearing the same political, sports, or catastrophe talk? Yeah, we feel that way too. Join two high-functioning geeks as they discuss just about anything under the sun. We can't tell you what we'll be talking about each week because we don't know where our brains will take us. It will be an interesting conversation, though, so hang on and join us. Here comes the Relentless Geekery. Do you like Dr. Pepper? I really do. Is there too much of it in evidence around <laughs> no, me? I was just like, uh, holy in, crap. In the, in the trash can, that kind of thing? Is that the, uh, yes. Uh, you recycle. Know, it's uh, in fact Tuesday is our trash day, and so all of that goes out. But I do right. work myself through a two liter a day, at, you know, and so they kind of stack up. <laughs> and you still have your teeth? That's amazing. Uh, you know why? Because I use a straw. I, I uh. it's kind of. I don't think it's only a rationalization. I think it really is that that I haven't browned my teeth or made them fall out because of Diet Dr Pepper. I know that. Uh, there are better things for me than I could be drinking, and yet at least it's sugar-free, and at least it's one of those things that, out of all the things I'm going to have to eventually give up to be a perfect, ascetic <laughs> diet guy, it's going to be the last thing to go. Uh, Colleen and I laugh about this all the time. Every day, if you like her particular coffee and my particular Diet Dr. Pepper, you get something that you really love every single day. And it's not heroin. It's I was going to say, you know, it's, yeah, it could be worse. <laughs> but, it could be worse. <laughs> but I, 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 um, even though, okay, so we both have diabetic problems right. and we really shouldn't be drinking the sugary drinks. And they're not good for anybody, really. Um, and the diet stuff at least doesn't spike your sugar. It does still have calories. So it still adds to your weight, which affects your diabetes. But also, I've seen several studies saying that the chemicals they use to sweeten those, they make it so it makes you want more and that makes you hungrier. So you actually have to fight eating more and taking in more calories when you're drinking the diet drinks. So so you know. I, I, I've read studies, but not all in that direction. You know, the, the most suspicious studies say, right, indeed, yes. whatever you have with aspartame and stuff like that. And, and I think, let me think how to say this. I am not a great example because I've been drinking diet soda since college. You know what I mean? So wow. we're talking like 40 years and it hasn't had... I, I, of course, I'm heavier than I should be, but I'm not as if I had been drinking sugary soda all that right, while. Right, Not and, like the big um, beer belly that's three times bigger than the rest of your body. <laughs> exactly that. And back when I was drinking like, you know, a, a big gulp every night, you know, in, in college conveniently, I was always up until one and two in the morning because I was a computer science major. Wasn't. <laughs> and you needed to have that extra burst of caffeine. At least you didn't need it, but I sure got used to it. I needed to be Whatever that little bit of acceptable right. drug that caffeine is, it sure helped me in, in mental crispness. And, and I noticed that I had to do it kind of low dose. This is such a weird druggy conversation. Whenever <laughs> I did try like no dose, I tried it one time for finals and it made me so jittery and wrong. You know, my mouth got dry. Uh. All the over caffeine aspects were there that it was just... I can't do a burst like that. I need to just kind of have a saline drip or something like that. And, <laughs> and so, you know, you really, whatever, whatever moderation I do seems to work where 
I'm really on during the day. I not in a frantic pacing of the room way. My when I'm without it, when I go hiking, the only thing that I really notice is I sometimes get that caffeine withdrawal headache. You know what I mean? When I was first hiking, like, and I was like, boy, this, this isn't that difficult a thing. I know I'm like climbing up a mountain here, but I shouldn't have a pounding headache from altitude or anything. And it occurred to me, it probably was that, that right. I regularly give myself so much caffeine that having, uh, uh, you know, Gatorade or the equivalent, you know, some kind of energy drink in my little water bottle was a different thing than having the caffeine. And after two or three days, that stopped happening. So I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah. Gina's got but, the same thing. If uh, okay. she goes too long throughout the day without a cup of coffee, she gets that caffeine headache yeah. withdrawal thing going on. Um, exactly. But she mainly, she does like to have maybe a pop a day. Because as she says, it's not so much for the caffeine, it's for that burn. She likes the 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 feel of drinking pop, which is okay. You know, See, there is something about, like, I really, I like carbonation. I like whatever it is that the master recipe for or Dr. Pepper is, you know, somebody a long time ago, someone told me, Oh, it's prune juice. It's just like, well, that's why I'm so regular. From what I understand, it's not prune juice. You but cling it's on that, you. Yeah, you really, it, it's that 17 herbs and spices blend, whatever they got going on in there. That is, it's much better than any of the main sodas, Pepsi or Coke or RC or anything like that. It's better than root beer. It really hits my taste bud sweet spot for it activates multiple things going on. And maybe it's not only mostly sweet. There's a little note of ginger or whatever it might be that is a little bit of zap. But I really like I, I'm, I'm so happy that I found one that that so much works for me. Let's put it that way. And it's popular enough that you can get it most places. I really I never drink regular soda. You know what I mean? Everybody talks about like after you've had diet soda for a while, when someone slips up and gives you a regular soda, it's kind of like drinking whole milk. It's like, this is like, oh my God, I'm drinking a milkshake. This is right. so sugary and, and yeah. obvious that well, it's not right. But, but that's kind of with everything. Because uh, when we, when I was in high school and my father had his open heart surgery and we cut back on a lot of salt. I mean, it, you're, you'd be amazed if you really look how much salt is in food. And that's to right. the point where my mother would buy deli ham and she'd rinse it you know, pat it dry good because of all the salt. Well, right. after eating that way for a while, at first there are some things you're like, oh, this is a little bland. This is a little, uh. but after a while you start tasting the flavor of the food more than the, the salt. natural food. And, yes. And if you get like Mrs. Dash and certain other things, there's some good herbs and spices and stuff to put in. You get all that flavor. That. And yes. man, let me tell you, you go to a buffet or something and you go eat like ham and it's so salty. I can't touch it. Um, Absolutely, and it's in popcorn your body in the movie theater. Like you know, we put a tiny bit of salt when we make we pop have a hot air popper. It's one of the best invention, you know, inventions ever. It, it just makes perfect hot air popcorn. But you go to the theater, and even though they don't seem to douse it, they just seem to do one pass over. Yeah. It, but it's so much more salt than what we put on. Very dense. I agree. Salt. You know, all <laughs> kinds of stuff to win. Well, you know, there are um, all kinds of books that talk about how. The food engineers in our world have really gotten that idea of what the, the salt and sugar and um, fat point is. That's that perfect three-point attack on your taste buds that you crave them, you're addicted to them. When you don't have them, they taste wrong and different, and you have to really wean yourself off of them to get back to the, the natural taste of, of meat, of a carrot, of whatever right. else it might be. And then when you have it again, it's like, 
wow, I was doing that every day. This is overpowering. <laughs> so are so. you saying that the people that manufacture all the food make it so you want more? <laughs> That's crazy. You know, uh, yeah, as as much as it is in this wonderful benevolent world of ours, that there would be one bad actor who specializes in ham. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. You know, at my, my if I have any other addiction, it's fast food. You know what I mean? Like it just there's never a time that I don't want a Big Mac or a fish sandwich or a Whopper or whatever else it might be. And that's because they not only have buns, they have buns that have extra sugar in them. Just ask Subway. You you must have read this study that said in Europe, Subway buns didn't classify as bread anymore. They were cake and and everything. And like I, I, even though I have safe fast food, most of the time if I go to, now I go to Subway or Chipotle and you really can't control what they're putting on, but you don't really know exactly what goes into the things like kind of in, in not only what's being served in front of you, but there's back room prep or whatever like that. And I really think that the big breakthrough for me is going to be when I don't have that as my default. Hey, I'm on the run. Hey, I'm in between things. Hey, it's lunchtime. And I don't think of, let's go grab a quick burger, a quick sandwich. And actually like getting away from burgers. I'm now mostly eating chicken and various other things. And even then, what do they do to the chicken? They don't leave it as chicken. They might bread it. They might put some mayonnaise on there. They might, uh, I'm, that's a, I don't know. And so in the face of all of those things, I think I mentioned, I'm actually, you know, I, I got, I'm, I'm, um, uh, I'm still considering myself pre-diabetic because I'm dancing around that 6.5 line for yeah, A1C and I'm determined to not go over it. And so I, I, now that I have been taking, unfortunately, metformin and Jardians to help with that, the Jardians really pushed me back and I'm below, but Jardians is unbelievably expensive. You know, up till now, I've been able to take a generic atorvastatin for my um, higher cholesterol and, and metformin is really cheap. Jardians is like $400 a month. I don't want to take a $10 a day pill, a $13 a day pill. I don't want to be the people that don't have my best interest at heart are now in control of me. You know what I mean? And it is, it's just, there's nothing worse than having a chronic condition that you don't die of because there are forces in this world that are more than happy to line up and say, we'll, we'll keep you on that edge of A1C. We'll keep you right there right. for and, $400 a and, month. And we, we've, oh talked about this so, we've talked about this so many times. And yeah. if you really sit your doctor down, and and say you know what what can I do if you're 30 before you get older and it gets harder and you're you've gone through years and decades of misuse you know right. what what can I do what do I need to do they, they will say they they don't want to but they'll say well if you eat right with more vegetables and fruits and less uh, meats and if you get regular exercise and are active that will solve most of your problems but they don't want to say that because. <laughs> People There's no don't money to them. be made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Americans, we don't believe them. We don't want to do it. Uh, we just want yeah. a pill to take care of it all. And the, a lot of times the doctors, and I know this sounds crazy, but some are good, some are bad. Uh, you know, I'm not saying all doctors, but some of them are like, well, I get an extra $100 for every patient that takes this medicine. So it's easier to recommend it. And believe me, I've had family my mother, my wife, um, other family members that are nurses and in the medical field, and patients suck. They will yell and argue and berate 
doctors and nurses. So it's like, screw you. Why the Just hell do I? Just for telling them the truth. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, a painful I mean, truth. Yeah. And, and if you get a guy that weighs 450 pounds, let's say, and he goes, doc, I'm just feeling weak and tired. What can I do? Well, lose weight and get off the couch. And that, well, you're insulting me saying that I'm fat. So, well, no, I'm not. You're obviously overweight. You know, it's, it's our, right. our, our, we joke the mastermind group I'm in on Saturday. When I joined, there was a guy before me that had left and they laughed saying he was like the grumpy old man of the group. So they're like, so that's my job now. And then they yeah, said, yeah, I got to fill that slot. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and they said, well, this doesn't work because you're not a grumpy old man. And then we started saying, well, you can't say old anymore because that's insulting. And it's like, well, I'm 50. Yeah, I'm not ancient, but say, okay, well, we'll call you elder or venerable. And, you know, we so every week on our call, I change my name to, um, like last week I was old school. Uh, this week I'm going to be okay. a codger. So, you right. know, but people. Because there's more than enough of those, you know, codger, exactly. you can just run down the, the thesaurus list. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But people get so <laughs> insulted. And, I, you know, I've, when I was in martial arts, three times a week, one to two hours each of those times, exercising, eating fairly good. I weighed like 170 and I could outrun most of the 20 year olds. And, you know, I was in really good shape. And since I quit, uh, you know, things have not gone as well. I've slid on my eating, slid on my exercise. And yeah. that's the simple thing. I know a guy, I think I may have mentioned him, that was diagnosed with gout and he was overweight. And the doctor said, you have to take this medicine the rest of your life. He said, screw that. I don't want it. He so completely changed his life that he has no symptoms of gout and he takes no medicine. But it, 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 my, my wife's father was the same way. He almost died. He flatlined two times in his 30s on the oh, table, man. almost okay. died because he was so unhealthy. And he said, I, I, I'm alive. I've been given a second chance. He took up running. He started eating right. And the man's almost 80 now. And actually, what's going to kill him Got is the wake up call, man, literally yeah. and figuratively. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's, let so, me ask know, this. Uh, oh, go ahead. Right. No, it just, this is such it's it's like one of america's passions is to talk all about the ways to do this or not do it you know america has become incredibly obese in comparison to 20 30 50 years ago and right. there's all kinds of signs as to why that is you know bad diet and encouraged by fast food whatever else it might be and there's a lot of just the nature versus nurture thing of how much are you genetically predisposed to be of a certain weight height build whatever else it might be and how much of that is that you can control it well I, I know that the stats and the various different, the science, I'm always, of course, looking for the science in the sense of it, that it isn't easy to do what we just talked about, to eat right and exercise more and stuff like that. But that's a reasonable path towards it. Um, when I mentioned this, you know, on, on, on my Facebook feed, I had all kinds of data and personal experience and anecdote and bourgeois, you know, that was stated. And, and it, for me, it's coming down to, I really want to have a better story to tell than what I currently have. I don't know necessarily what's going to work because I am, like you've seen me, I'm a big guy. My shoulders are not going to get any less wide because I dropped some weight. Right. And so I'm already built like a Viking. Vikings, I guess, could kind of carry extra weight. But how many Vikings made it to 60 and started to feel the effect of being a big old Viking right. in their knees and ankles, in their belly, that kind of stuff. So. Having said that, I, and, and I don't know, it's, I don't, I don't, you don't realize how much the inner cheapskate in you is offended until it's like 
$400 a month. You know what I mean? That's a mortgage payment. That's a car payment. That's a no longer a mortgage, but you know what I mean? I just can't believe I did this to myself. And so the story that I want to tell is a little bit of what you just talked about. I got my wake up call, even if it's not a dying on the table thing, but my, the offense that I have of their people are taking advantage of me. I hate being, um, that controlled by anybody else. I hate being that it was because I was stupid and weak willed. Right. And so I really want to do what I can to get back to a reasonable fighting weight. The height weight charts don't exactly match me because of my my sheer animal size. You know what I mean? I really am bigger than than I'm, I'm a rodent of unusual size. But having said <laughs> that, there's no reason that I should be carrying a gut and and extra weight everywhere because I like eating too much. I can't be trusted with a mouth. And so <laughs> I'm really trying to make some progress out, out of my sense of offense, out of my sense of, I want to, I want to be in a year, be able to say, yeah, I got to that low point right. and kind of like every other anonymous, you know, uh, overeaters anonymous has the same pseudo creed as alcoholics or, uh, you know, uh, narcotics or whatever else it might be. And I want to be able to say, Here's, here's what I did. And so I, one, a couple people said that after they had tried many, many, many things that what they've tried that has been a success for them and they've been able to do it and keep it off. And it's kind of like some Weight Watcher stories or whatever was intermittent fasting that your body has mechanisms built in for like feast or famine. And, you know, along the lines of, well, if you just eat less calories, your body will have less to work with and it will start to, if you will, eat itself, digest itself, because it will go into your fat stores and so forth. And depending on how you time it, it'll do much more fat than muscle loss. And it'll, it won't be a carb addict like you might currently be that you kind of just change your body's expectations, your body's mechanisms for what you're doing. And uh, I'm, I'm a weekend. I started, you know, last Monday and I'm two pounds down nice. from just doing something as simple as only eating in an eight hour window. You know, the way you can fast is to do a, a whole day or multiple days a week. And what seemed to be the way to experiment with it, ease into it was, let's do the 16-8. I'm going to eat for eight hours, you know, so when I start and when I stop is very proscribed. And then just don't do the late night snacking. Don't do the mindless eating, the whatever else it might be that I had going on. Because I can think of, now that I've not done it for a week, man, how many times was I just, I'm going to chill out here at, you know, 1030 at night and watch a couple hours of TV and I'm going to be on the laptop and, ooh, look, there's some chips. There's And even when I ate healthy, there's some carrots, there's some celery. I have stopped doing all that. And my body is, I think, kind of waking up. Oftentimes when you do this kind of thing, you do it and because your body is just interrupted in its usual things. Right, right. Will I hit a plateau? How far can I go down? I'm I'm just wanting to do something that I've made it to 60. I want to make it to like 140. I want to see 2100. And no matter what amazing um, technology they're going to come up with, that they can put some nano machines in me to clean me up, no matter what drugs they come up to extend my life and make my telomeres, you know, not shorten, I still got to do my part to like, God, don't keep poisoning yourself right, with the right, worst crap right. food and with the worst eating at the worst times and stuff. And so I think that many diets, I know I'm going on, but what we have noticed is it doesn't even matter in some cases what diet you do. It just matters that you are aware that every time you make a choice, it's a good choice and that you, and you're going to let yourself slide once in a while because, Hey, it's the holiday or Hey, it's a whatever it might be, but that 
It's not yes or no. It's all incremental. If I can eat 50% healthier, 80%, 90%, I will see results. Right. And I will, you know, now it's spring. So it's easy to say, well, we're going for more walks. We went for walks consistently during the winter when there wasn't ice on the ground and stuff like that. But you're nowhere near as inspired as when it's 70 degrees at 7 o'clock at night. And it's like, let's go see the sunset. Oh, my God, this is just a beautiful day. Right, <laughs> and you walk right. further. And you... You just have a little more pep in your step or whatever else it might be. So I'm going to take advantage of these next six months, this next year, to see how well I can do. And I don't know, this isn't meant to become now the Al's Weight Loss Journey podcast, but but it sure seems to be for geeks. I want to approach it scientifically. I want to be able to say, here's how I'm experimenting, what seems to be working and what's not. And that it's not just the next lame silver bullet, the next fad diet. I, I don't want to be a fool about it. I want to be smart about it. And right. so that's what I'm going to attempt. <laughs> and and so. what I was going to say with the, the pop, have you ever looked at like the soda stream? Have you seen that? Is that where it like carbonates water and you just add a little uh, yeah. essence of cucumber and stuff like that? Right. I, right. I had thought about that, that I really, I could really control what I put into my body by being, I mean, right now it's kind of funny. I really do. I have uh mold soda if you will by that meaning it's 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 uh, a glass full of ice and soda poured over it so i'm already everything i'm doing is half water so i'm already kind of diluting it but the next step would be we'll then put something better in there even right. you know what i mean put water and a little bit of blueberry a little bit of cucumber and, and experiment to see what do i like you and know what there, I mean? <laughs> it's it's hugely popular and there are places online with recipes and try this and try that all the way from, you know, just flavored waters to different pop and soda and uh, alcohol and things with that. And two of the things I said, okay, well, I don't like necessarily all the chemicals in the diet stuff, all the aspartame, sucralose, even stevia things, you know, and not as big on that, but the sugared stuff isn't great. And I don't always want just like you say, cucumber flavored water. I, I want a little of that cucumber. So I found recipes and people that have used the monk fruit, which I've talked about before, uh, because yes. it doesn't spike your sugar and it's very sweet. So you don't need a whole lot. And also like maple syrup, because maple syrup doesn't spike blood sugar like uh, refined cane sugar does. So, so I mean, and I'm aware of that. You know, when I first started to look into, uh, keto or at least um things that about the hypoglycemic load you know like for instance i i I still bake bread every single week how in the world do you do that al and stay carb light well you make all the substitutions that say like we use agave nectar instead of sugar or honey or anything else we have i haven't looked into maple syrup but i have made some breads with that and they turned out fine and and again i'm like that we're going with the how do i spike you know we i add fiber to everything we have extra hemp hearts flaxseed uh you know little millet all kinds of different things anywhere that i can add a nut or a seed or um extra fiber those things go in and as you know that helps things move through your system and you might have some sweet in there, but it doesn't have a chance to like linger in your stomach right. and intestines and get into your bloodstream. So, and, we, and I, that's that's what a lot of people don't understand is and and given 
back when my father was diagnosed diabetic, they were like, okay, check your blood sugar before you eat, see what it is and give yourself insulin. That was like the only thing. And so they've come a long way and they know now that it's better to check your blood sugar like two hours after you eat. Check it before. Yes. Yeah. Get your fasting, but also get your, I forget what they call it, but it's like, you know, after you've eaten, after it's gotten into your blood. But then because of that, they also found the, the glycemic index and some foods spike more or higher or faster. So you got ones that go in slowly and you can, like you said, use substitutions. And again, what we said earlier, you adjust your body, uh, adjust your flavor, taste buds adjust and, you know, you actually can enjoy it just as much as anything else. For, you know, people don't believe you, but you really can. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'll tell you, you know, we've talked a little I, Scott, I don't know. I, I haven't gone on my bread machine rant for a long time. I really have an apothecary, you know, and I have every kind of flour and add in and, and herb and everything you might want. And one of the things I've added is carbolose flour. You know, it's flour with all of the not gluten, but carbohydrates taken out of it. And I do like half and half substitution with regular bread flour and it tastes just fine. It rises just right. The the crumb of the bread is just fine. And so, especially when you find out that you can do that kind of substitution and kind of like for free, it isn't like, oh, great. Now it tastes like cardboard. Well, I'll enjoy it anyway. No, it, it actually, I'll do what I can to enjoy it. If you know what I'm trying to say, the fact that we, we've tried these various different things and they seem to like have all the good properties and not have added negative, I'm encouraged to continue to do research into that and say, I don't know that I'm going to go full keto because I don't, I don't uh, have that desire to entirely cut out carbs and go only meat and actually get to, you know, ketosis and not, not, you know, I don't want to, I've never had a problem with ketoacidosis, but there's downsides of that where you wonder, am I doing, you know, maybe harm to liver and kidneys because of, I think that, um, anything drastic like that, I automatically have a little bit of everything to moderation Benjamin Franklin in me. And so I look for the incremental, the minor repair, and then the major repair and see what is working. That just seems more scientific instead of being abrupt. I don't need to shock my body. I need to let my body kind of wake up and say, you, you know, if I did this to you, how would you handle it? And some things are, well, now I feel sick to my stomach. Hmm. Maybe that's not, my body doesn't like that. It's too much of this or it's it's lacking something else. Absolutely. The thing you said earlier about, you know, eat natural things, less of them. That's like Michael Pollan has said that in a number of his books. And it really seems to be something that we've already pursued. When you go to the grocery store, you stay on the outsides, right? You go to the produce section, you go to the dairy section, whatever else might be necessary. Every time you venture into the canned goods and the snack bags and everything, anything prepared is is loaded with yeah. sugar, salt, fat. You know what yeah. I mean? To make it and, so you just can't stop eating those Doritos yep. or whatever. And I think that the, the so. biggest thing for people is the time. It's like, oh, it's just quicker to get something frozen and throw it in the microwave, you know, as, as opposed to getting a recipe and mixing it together and putting it in the oven. That just seems like way too much, but I grew up that way. I'm used to it. And actually it's only been more recent years that I've gotten away from that. And it's time to get back to it. Um, yeah. And I would really love to get a recipe or two from you that you've been getting that uh, as good diabetic wise, because I've got a bread machine. I just haven't used it much because uh, I, I look at pizza and bread and stuff. I'm like, Oh, I really shouldn't eat that. Cause I know what it does. I mean, I'll check my blood sugar and normal eating for me will bring it up to about 120, which isn't bad. Um, but when I eat 
just one piece of pizza, it'll bring it up to 140. If I have mashed potatoes, it could be up to 190. Uh, you know, so I really have to avoid that stuff. Avoid the worst of them, exactly. I, I'll, I'll have me. I mean, like I, I think I might have mentioned when I first got the bread machine, that you know came with the cool booklet. I have a Zojirushi, which was like um, very well rated and foolproof, and that's what I was looking for. And um, I, they have a, a good little manual that had probably two dozen breads for me to try, and I liked that. But it's like, wow, there's a world of bread out there. So I hopped onto Amazon, went to the bread machine cookbook section, found a whole bunch of them for like a penny plus three ninety nine shipping. So I have like two dozen books now, and one of them is about the holidays, and one of them is about, you know, it, it, they, they have various different themes to them, and in some cases, just collections of cool recipes, and I we have tried hundreds of different breads at this point, and have tried to put a star next to the ones that are like, oh, this is fantastic. So, <laughs> you know, because especially when you think, like, we make a thing called pilgrim bread that is the perfect thing for like a holiday. If you're going to have it with a meal, it's got a little bit of onion in there. It tastes a little bit like a big crouton, if you will, but a lot of herb taste. And it's interesting. Instead of just being bland bread, it stands up to other food, if you will. So I don't know if that's necessarily one of the low carb things, unless I make it with the low carb flour and stuff like that. It, but I can tell you that, that everything that I've tried the carbolose flour with, nothing has suffered. So maybe that's at least a big substitution and, and thrust that I can name is if you get not only bread flour, but carbolose flour and kind of go half and half, I know I'm half better than I was. Right. And I haven't, I'm still not at the place where I uh, check my blood sugar level uh, ever. You know what I mean? I don't have the, the technology to do it. I don't stick my finger, et cetera, et cetera. Um, by feel, I never have, oh, wow, that bread made me drowsy because I spiked and then crashed and whatever else might be going with hypo or hyperglycemia. I think because I'm so big that maybe it takes a lot to affect Probably, all yeah. of me. But having said that, your big toe be might be having the worst time ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I kind of, this, that, I'm not sure whether, I can't think of a time when I've had, oh, I shouldn't have had that because that really, Maybe, you know, maybe out of nausea, I've noticed things, but that, but I haven't ever noticed where it really like knocked me out as right. if diabetic coma type stuff. I'm, you know, no way I'm going there right, and right. So to be careful knowing that I have now the possibility of it. If not a predisposition, I sure have brought myself to it by being the king of pizza and the king of, uh, and, and of aging does it some too. And, and aging, exactly. And, and the one, one of the things I've heard but it's kind of like you roll your eyes, but now I'm looking at it a little different is like, well, if all I did was prepare all my food by all that, you know, meat's expensive, vegetables are expensive. It's cheaper to buy the frozen, buy the box, mix it up, make Mac and cheese. I get a box of Mac and cheese for a quarter, you know, that, you know, that, so right. but when you balance it with in college, man, generic yeah, well, bread to make grilled cheese sandwiches, ramen. generic Mac and cheese for nine cents or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, Right. But when you balance it with paying $450 a month for medicine, well, you can put that into food and you'll live healthier and enjoy it. You know, that's, I think, a large part of it. I know people who are don't enjoy things, you know, oh, I ache when I get up and oh, I'm so tired and oh, I'm going to sit here. I'm not doing whatever today. It's like, what quality is that? How much fun are you having? What What's the point? Yeah. See, it's never gone that way. Luckily for me and Colleen, you know, we still, we, not only are we walking, but we're looking forward to hiking vacations and, and I, I still haven't gotten to where I can't climb a mountain. I can't, you know what I mean? Like I can usually get foot sore 
But I think that's not only that I'm too big and that I'm, I'm pre-diabetic, it's that as you go on, you're, you get less padding in your feet. You know, your body's constitution changes in various different ways. And so I have better boots. I have better socks. I do things that are going to let me still do this thing. And every time that we've gotten to the top of a mountain, it's really a good feeling to be like, well, we're in our 60s and here we are. You know, when I was doing this when I was 25 and I saw the older people, the older couples, you know, moving a little bit slower, but still able to make it. That's what I had in my mind was I'm doing that. I am not sitting down. I am not giving up. I want to be able to still make it to the top of a Absolutely. 15, 17 foot peak. Yeah. You know, and because it's worth it because the, the vistas and the feeling of I did this, I'm up here. Um, I didn't helicopter in nobody else up here did. I'm in good company that everybody else has the will and the, the perseverance, the smarts, the gumption, the whatever else it is, the grit to say, I'm going to start at the bottom and get to the top. And I like those people. You know, whenever Colleen and I go to the, the Banff Mountain Film Festival, the other people that are there are all just healthy. They're, they're like, I'm going kayaking. I'm going hiking. We're I like that this world is a beautiful place. And sometimes it isn't just driving by it in your car. You want to be out there. You want to be smelling the deep pine forest and you want to be like up on a mountain bald where the wind is so strong that you kind of have to yell at each other because the wind takes your voice away. It's humbling and wonderful to get out in nature where it's like, wow, I need to be smart. I need to be careful about look out for the change in temperature or look out for, you know, don't fall here. No one's going to find you in the ravine. Right. There's something very cool about, I can still do this, I guess that, that anyway, I, so, that's what I get out of it. <laughs> so you and Colleen got your COVID shots. Uh, Gina has hers. I haven't gotten mine yet. I need to. Um, they're, they're available now, as you know, Ohio, especially they yeah. brought the all the way down to 18 or whatever like that. So right. please don't hesitate. Right. I, I, you know. <laughs> well, we've got things planned. Uh, you know, I don't want to go out amongst people with the chance that I've got it with, you know, sometime here, here. I've got several conferences, uh, this year I'm going to, and I mean, I, I have a list I could update you on that, but, um, I, I, I want to make sure I, I get the shot, but let me ask you this. So, okay. A lot of people misunderstand vaccinations. Uh, and they don't realize sometimes that, oh, I won't trust that. Really? Because you probably got vaccinated for several things when you were a baby. Oh, yeah. So it's already in your system. What are you talking you pretty about? Much must have. You know, yeah. there's no way that you grew up in the United States and right. didn't get all your standard, like, 10 different vaccinations for all the childhood diseases, right? You got a triple shot of DPT or DTP. Right. Several times. Measles and rubella and all of it. I, so, I just anyway. want to say, wow, you're right. Obviously, vaccinations made people stupid, but, you know, I refrain. <laughs> but let, let me ask you this, though, because I haven't looked this up. I haven't seen it, but I was thinking about most of our vaccines that we get not only took years to develop and have been tested over decades of time to be refined and work as well as they do in that. Mm -hmm. But this one was really, really rushed. Now, I can understand now that might make people a little nervous. It makes me a little nervous that, uh, you know, we, we got this out within months because I was reading something in the paper and this doctor was saying, oh, you know, don't worry about long-term effects. It's fine. I'm like, how do you know that? We haven't had it long enough to know what long-term effects there may be. So, so what's your thoughts on that? So, uh, there, there's lots of things that go into this, but here's why I am reassured. Um, the way that the world works nowadays is things 
don't have to always happen in real time. We have such sophisticated testing and modeling and simulation that we get to very closely recreate various different environmental or biological conditions like the human body. And we, like the mRNA vaccines that have been developed, were not only developed by putting it in people, testing it, 10,000, 100,000 people, and seeing what happens. They were created because they've really come to understand the mechanics of um, how cells work, how reproduction of viruses work, how those things interact, the, the different um, solution that they find themselves in and how you can feed or starve various different things. So they scienced this deeply and they developed it, not saying, let's try a hundred thousand different things and see which one works. They said, there should be something that looks like this that will combat the way that these guys are, you know, you've seen pictures of the COVID vaccine. It's a beach ball with all kinds of spikes out of it. You know what I mean? That it has all these reception points as to how it um, gets into your cell. And at that incredible microscopic level, the molecular down to almost the atomic level, they know how to say, how do we imitate it? How do we interfere with it? How do we uh, 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 stop it from getting the nutrients that it needs? Um, it's kind of the same their mRNA technology was first used uh, to think about cancer, to think of how can we fight cancer at that molecular level. So it's a, it's a technology that has multiple uses, and we're going to only get better and better and hear about it more and more. But instead of it being that we had to put it out to 10,000, 100,000, a million people and see what the long-term effects are, if you run these simulations in the lab and in the computer and do the equivalent of a 10 million person trial, and you see this percentage of untoward effects, you know, that there, there is randomness, mutation, possibilities of uh, impurity in what you're trying to do. You have to account for all those various different things. But when your stats turn out to be that it's not 51%, which at least has efficacy, but it's 60 and 80 and 90 and 95, and you get to all those confidence levels statistically, and that, you know, you're always looking for, um, uh, not only, of course, the positive effects, but what are the side effects? And they've run a lot of stuff, and I've whatever I've been able to read has been very reassuring upon how targeted and smart it is, how it doesn't seem to interfere with other natural processes that the what COVID can do to you has so many now terrible effects that the more that we can get to interfere with it, with its actions and you know it's it's that nothing is yes no right wrong it's all a matter of numbers but boy this is a great odds bet the odds are it's going to stop you from getting it the odds are it's going to limit and and um stop the effects of covid from from being severe that the odds of you having it in your system and being a carrier without having outward things that it's much lower like it's a win-win-win for at least the mRNA, which I think is both the, the um, Moderna and the Pfizer, um, Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca used like older and different technologies. And now they're finding out that it isn't a matter of the technology. It's a matter of the um, uh, purity of the process that reproduced the Johnson & Johnson, that now they're not sure that it, they, had, they actually had to throw away a bunch of batches because they had become contaminated. And I just read a study that said now they're worried about it might have a clotting effect. And and it really is important to not say, does it or doesn't it? It's always, well, is the clotting effect um, 1% or a tenth of a percent or a hundredth of a percent? Because over the course of a population, that might mean death, but it doesn't mean 
a million deaths, it means 10,000 deaths. And in order to save 330 million people. And, and, there, and there's people that would argue that though, but. Well, and so, uh, and so that, but that's how I really do think about it and look at it. The reason that, that vaccines became decried in the first place was someone created a false association with yes. autism. And then they started to say, they, they, Oh my God, the rush of pseudoscience to say all the reasons that vaccines are not good. There's mercury in there. They, you can see people that really don't get it, that really don't understand and don't want to. They don't do any kind of research that says what the truth is. They started to glom onto, you know, it'll make you grow horns. It'll kill your children. It'll do whatever else it might be. And the horns are good. Sorry. What's wrong with horns? The fact that you had Jenny McCarthy like going up against yeah. the Fauci of the world and that people were saying, I'm going to go with. Wow, the the MTV remote controlled spokes model instead of you know what I mean. And, and but I've studied this extensively. I was well, on Reddit yesterday, and this is what they told me. I watched a YouTube video, and the guy was very stern. I'm sure he yeah. knows what he was talking about. Right. So the the one study that had any kind of connection has been totally now withdrawn. It was in the Lancet, you know, British publication, and this has created such an ongoing problem for not only that. Any, you know, that particular study, but now any kind of vaccine that people, boy, there's just such a societal problem that says, you know, we we were besieged by influenza, polio, all these childhood diseases until we had the breakthrough of saying, you know, the milkmaids who deal with cowpox don't get sick from smallpox. What's the relationship there? And then that whole idea of can I introduce a, a null, a dead version of smallpox, but that your body still identifies it as such and builds defenses, all that science still makes perfect sense. And it's still really important to understand that, you know, our, our body is an engine and it, it will give you a stimulus response, you know, the situation and that you can't let people talk out of that it works and that it works well. And that if there is that sad, tiny percentage of people that have a, an effect, it isn't worth putting all of us at risk. It's less than and, it would have been. with Exactly. Health. And so it, people who don't get odds, people who don't get probability are the ones that say, I can't risk it if there's any possibility. And like, look at how you live your life. You drive your car. You, exactly. you, oh God, you, I do that. you don't know what's in it. You don't, you, you, in every way, you are not an odds person. And yet, about this, you're going to hyper-focus. It's inconsistent and foolish it's because it's to let what, yourself be scared like it's this. It's what they want. You know what I mean? It's the results they want. You know, Because a certain politician said, oh, this isn't real. I'm going to defend that with my life, and I'll even get my gun and shoot you if you don't believe me. You know, that type of thing. But the, the, the one that I laugh at is the people that argue, well, I'm not going to get it because they say it's mutating and scientists don't know what they're doing because they're letting it mutate. And so the uh, uh, vaccine isn't going to help. It's like, well, hold on a second. First of all, mutation is common. It happens all the time. Flu all does it time. two, three times a year. Um, That's it, why we get a flu shot every year. Yeah. Because since 1918, it hasn't been that there's a flu. There's been Variation after variation, and All we learn time. about it to fight it, and you get your trivalent or your quadrivalent shot, and it doesn't even handle every flu. It handles the foremost, the the the, the A list for that year. Right. You know what yes, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Even you're not getting full protection. You're getting as best as science can give you, but mass produced. Yep. Anyway, and and then what they don't understand is that the more people that are not vaccinated, 
that means there's more incubation for the virus, which means there's more mutation going on. More chance it, of mutation. Yes, exactly. Like you folks, you're, you're making it worse, you know, and then this, this is where I get irritated then. So you'll get somebody that goes on and on. And will, one of those people that doesn't wear a mask and yells at store employees that says it's my right. And, and, oh, I don't like breathing carbon dioxide. Okay. You people do understand that there's more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere than anything else. First of all, you're already breathing it. So come on. But those people then, I, this is what I see, is they get COVID. It's like, oh my God, it's the worst thing ever. But then they want to be off work. They want to be on disability. They want this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, oh, right. so I now- I kind of brought it on myself, but now I throw myself on the mercy of society. And like we're obligated to save them. And the risk that they put to- Every frontline worker they came in contact with, every medical personnel that's now going to have to deal with their foolishness, it's there's a recklessness and a selfishness that I, I haven't seen this strong growing up. Maybe yeah, it's always crazy. I just didn't come in contact with, but and and I don't know, whatever that thing is about people yelling about freedom and yelling the term nanny state, it's like, can we just change some of the terminology? So instead of you thinking that it's you're being the big, tough rebel, that instead you're the one that um, went outside of the fence, brought in the right. chick, the tiggers, uh, uh, the chiggers and ticks, and now you're infecting the entire compound. How, That's who you are. You how is ignoring this? How is ignoring this and fighting it patriotic? That's what I don't get. That doesn't, so, you know, I'm going to put everybody at risk. My, my kids work retail and at least two of them, at times people come in with masks and they will step back from the people. They're like, what's wrong with you? Well, you're not wearing a mask. They're like, well, so what? It's all, no, I have a, a grandfather at home that's sick. If you give me COVID, then he's going to catch it and he'll die. And I don't want that. And, you know, they've, they're very outright. They're like, you know, Colin works at the comic store. People will come in and start arguing with the mask. He's like, you know what? If you're going to stand there arguing, just leave because we don't want you in the store. And we have that right. To, That's to, fantastic you know. to have them doing that because it re really, the first time you read about that, like this is a year ago now that you heard about people demanding that they get to go into the dollar store. Yeah. Like, and, and, I just, I don't know exactly what's happened to have people, their minds so warped that no matter what the government is doing, they hate it because they're the enemy. They're always the ones that are trying to tell me what to do. And that no matter what big business or big pharmacy or anybody smart is trying to do, that instead it's a conspiracy to give me a microchip. You ridiculous clown to even think that. Bill Gates has saved more lives has done more good for the world than you ever will and your entire family line back to the start of history and yet because he did <laughs> microsoft you know what i mean like it just is it's amazing that people not only are crazy but they find a focus for their crazy and then once yeah. they have that straw man that ridiculous argument you can't sway them and i just don't get it yeah. about any number of things about chemtrails about the way I, what I have some analogy in my mind is there, we are hearing a lot of the same thing said as it has been said about smoking for a long time. And like the same thing of, we know it's de deadly. And yet you think that there's still a hoax. You think that the science is still out. And in this case, it's a year. We know a year why smoking, we have 50 years worth right. of that this is a really bad bet to give yourself lung cancer and to harm others around you, everybody that you work with, everybody in your family, and yet addiction is a terrible thing. And so uh, what I've come to is 
there really are memes. There really are ideas that are viruses of the mind, and they spread through the population, having nothing to do with truth, but having to do with reproducibility and whatever other benefits people see them getting. And if the benefit of being the foolish anti-vax and you know, COVID is a hoax, whatever that thing is, I am indeed a proud rebel American who stands on my own two feet. Once they have that, no matter what conflicting information comes in, it bounces off of them because they have, they have this shield up and everything that they do, um, they look for more confirming information. There's a whole meme plex that starts to be in people that have odd ideas that they become more dig their heels in set in their ways than if they were trying to say, I wasn't sure when I was going in, so I've continued to collect information. And if I found the, the bulk of information was indeed in refutation of what I first thought, I will change my mind. I think that there's a particular kind of mind or kind of disposition that lets people rush to a conclusion, but then once they're there, they will die before they give it up. Right. The well, no having been wrong is so scary to them that they just can't bring themselves to do it, despite all the risk, all the recklessness that they're putting themselves and others through. They not only make their mistake, they drag everybody in their circle into their mistake. And like, I don't know, if, if I said, hey, I don't believe this is real, and then I had an uncle die of COVID, wouldn't that be, we talked earlier about a wake-up call, wouldn't that be something like my, my, my preacher said, come to church, it matters that we gather, and then 30 people got sick. Wouldn't that be something like, let's find some compromise here. I'm yeah. pretty sure that God knows I'm at home. I'm pretty sure that he knows the strength of my faith and my, my it doesn't have to be that I refute science, that I refute sense, that I refute reality, because that's right. really kind of cascade that happens you're living in an unreal world so so (laughs) looking at numbers the the statistic i read was that over forty thousand kids have lost at least one parent that's horrible i mean that talk you know school shootings are 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 horrible but when forty thousand kids lost a parent and some of those because people are idiots that makes you want to punch people in the face so here, here was my thinking the other day. It's like, okay, I'm going to be make some assumptions. I, I understand that, and it's very stereotype assumptions. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to say that most of the people arguing, fighting against wearing the masks and the the COVID shot vaccine, are the hundred or below IQ points. <laughs> that, that that it's too much for them. So <laughs> if, George Carlin had line of, you know, think of the average person and then realize that half the world is dumber than that. Exactly. So, so you know, it's stupid. It's whatever all those things are that go with, they don't want to get better. They don't yeah. want to look at facts. There's, there's a weird, I, I don't mind people that process slowly. I really don't like the people that have decided I'm not going to process whatever the first yes. thing I hear is. That's what I'm going with. Exactly. Oh, but, oh, well, but we could talk about that because I think sometimes it goes hand in hand. You it know. might. But They're anyway, probably. so let's say half of our population is in that range and a lot of them get COVID and die. They're gone. So what's that do? Well, that shifts the IQ range because the average of 100, there's more people below 100 that are not around anymore. So suddenly the average is 120, 125. <laughs> so that's, in general, our country- to move that needle from 100 to 101. Well, but yeah, right. that's very true. You know, but that, or, but, yeah. But then that also means for Mensons, we're no longer the top 2%. We're like the top 8%. <laughs> yeah. 
then because <laughs> yeah, the numbers all change. <laughs> you know, it's a sad thing. Like I, if someone was trying to design a plague that would take out the reckless and foolish among us, this is one of those things. You know, and you know I mean? who would design it? Somebody uh, that isn't that bright and reckless and foolish. <laughs> you know, it, it, this, what I've also read, unfortunately, is where is it really striking? Um, it was for a while that it was striking in places where there was mass population kind of concentrated. So it hit New York and other big cities first. And while the, uh, while it was taking its time going around the country, it people were not as afraid. I mean, we're even saying like, you know, let the bad people get it. We're safe here in our more isolated existence and you name it, whether it was Arkansas or South Dakota or uh, Idaho or something like that. And then when I find out that if it reaches you at all, if someone flies in, drives through, goes to your, you know, whatever else it might be, once it's there, the virus doesn't really care right. what your IQ is or what your disposition is and whether you are a freedom fighter or a, or whatever else it might be. And then it ravages those populations because they haven't developed any of the good habits of social distancing and wear a mask and just be be careful about yourself and about your relationship with others. And so then it there's a huge spike. And, and then, like, I don't know, they've lost all of their moral high ground of, well, it's not hitting us good people, us good isolated white people here in South Dakota. And I, I hate saying it that way, but there really seems to be some right. weird yeah. the thing. Virus, that, the virus doesn't care about uh, color, race, gender, religion, yeah. anything. It's, it's an equality. Yeah. It's a big equality there. Mute, whether, you know, who's getting like, hey, if the poor black people are dying, that it doesn't bother me as much. Oh my God, what an ugly thought. What a ridiculous, inhuman thought. Yeah. You know, when we, when we get to really thinking that we are all brothers, we're all equal, we all have to take care of each other, the, the laws of hospitality, of, you know, treat a stranger like a friend, not an enemy, those are a way to build a better world. And yet we've got the memes for isolationism and distrust and, and, I don't know, you know, I'm trying to think of who had the, the quote of, I think it was Lyndon Johnson, you know, as long as the lowest white man thinks that the highest black man is still somehow inferior to him, you're never going to convince that lowest white man that it's not true. And what an awful thing to think that that germ is in the United States still. and that it was still. And, and, and not to be weird, you know, we talked about, haven't we learned from influenza? Haven't we learned from vaccines? And, and the, we haven't we learned about is it ridiculousness of racial uh, supremacy? We fought a war about that. The Nazis yeah. went over that. The, the excuses that they use for why they are the master race, bullshit from the start. And, and the, 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 the stuff that was pseudoscienced up to give them that appeal, to hear those things repeated, even though they've been so proven not true, is disgusting. It's for the weak-minded or the weak-willed or the people. It doesn't have to be that they're weak at all. They want something so bad that they will grasp onto any possibility to act as if, I guess I am the powerful one. I guess I am the blessed one. My, you know, the, the, the accident of my birth has given me a, an irrefutable advantage. And ugh. You know what I mean? And yeah. This, <laughs> this, so, this, this, <laughs> yeah. So with the COVID now, uh, and yes. you've got the the shot. 
um, I know we both have a lot of plans. Here's one that came up on mine that me and Gina really want to go see. And this is a good reason for me to go get the vaccine is Cheech and Chong are coming around and doing a tour. <laughs> you know, I really loved some of their albums when I was young. Are they still able to pull it off? I have you no know idea. It's a totally different world than the 70s. It could be a train wreck or it could be that they're still witty. Uh, yeah. I, I'm curious there's, I don't know, we have had really good experiences with, and really bad experiences with seeing people kind of later in their career and whether they had lost a step or now. So, you know, I mean, we, uh, I, we just saw Uncle Larry Reed from Chicago, and he was still sharp and witty and good. And we've also seen like Roseanne Barr, where she really wasn't anywhere near what she was at the height of her powers. And so I'm, I'm kind of fighting those two things. Having right. said that, I've never seen Cheech and Chong. <laughs> and so there's something that says, I really want to be able to say, I saw James Taylor and, you know, I saw Cheech and Chong and I saw these people before we lost them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that they're not getting any younger like I'm not. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> and, and it's small venues, so you're definitely going to need the vaccine. Um, but, you know, when you look at Cheech and Chong, they weren't um, like uh, they weren't insulting. I mean, you know, Cheech is Mexican American, so I mean, especially in the seventies, you can't say anything about the the demographics or whatever because he is one of the lower demographics, so he could say just about anything. But they never really did. It was never about race and stuff. It was uh, more about uh, yes, a lot of his jokes were. Chicanos in LA and you know and stuff like that, but it was but more like yeah, that's you know that really was his yeah, life experience and exactly. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah so. but it wasn't so insulting as it was pointing out the absurd. You know, we talked about this last week. What's funny? Yeah. Yeah, what, I'm not trying to insult. I'm not trying to. He. I'm not even insulting or picking on white people. You know, this is just what it is. Make it absurd and it's funny. And really, that's what Cheech and Chong is taking the the hippie drug culture of East LA and making it comedy. Pointing out how absurd some of it is. You right. know, they, they went through so. Authority and and they, that, that your drug addled self is not yes. your thinking self and stuff yes. like that. Yeah, so. and, you know, and you got Chong, who's just man. He wants to play music and take drugs, and Cheech is always, you know, wanting to make a buck, wanting to do something better, and you know, it's, it's always getting him in trouble. Um, I'll tell you what, you know, we all write the stories of our lives. If the story of your life is going to be Cheech and Chong saved me because I needed to go see Cheech and Chong, yes. I finally got my vaccine. I want you to write that story, there my friend. Go. There we go. <laughs> you know, and, and honestly, please do. I, you know, whatever plans we have, they're not going to be doable. We can't go see the Without shows it. and the hikes, meals and whatever else it might be. And so the fact that I'm coming up, I'm three days away from my being two weeks since my second vaccine. So I will have it, the best armor I can get currently. Right. And Colleen is a week after that. And I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know that we're going to go start living life like we almost did. We're still going to wear a mask and be yeah, safe. Same here. But I am have is that thing if the mask slips if i find myself in a situation where someone's not wearing a mask and i don't know whether they've been decent or not i won't have that immediate fear of oh my god he might have just put me at risk of my yeah. life right Instead, it'll be well i hope that my armor saved me from certain amount of shrapnel coming my way right. you know what i mean right so okay. so what other uh i see blossom is opening up for some shows Right. And in fact, there's, there are, you know, 
we have comedy shows that we want to go see. So not only Cheech and Chong, but like I said, we are going to go see James Taylor and Jackson Brown. What a double bill. And I've seen James Taylor a couple times before. And, and I, you know, as you know, I'm the big prog rocker. I love bombastic, complex stuff. But there is nothing like seeing a guy like James Taylor who can come out on a stage and sit on a stool and with his guitar just have the crowd in the palm of his hand. You know yeah, what I mean? I saw Richard Thompson do the same thing at Kent Stage where it's just – Everyone in the place loves him. Everybody is singing along. He's still got such a great talent and voice and the stories he has to share from his long career. It's going to be a wonderful evening. Yeah. <laughs> you know and what I mean? I can't wait. <laughs> James Taylor is one of those that people are like, oh, James Taylor. Yeah, I remember him kind of. But then you play a couple songs. They're like, oh, I love that song. It's like, yeah, that, that's that. James exactly. Taylor. You know, they don't realize it. And it's another one of those that – everybody knows a couple James Taylor songs and knows them to sing because right. it's very acoustic and very, it's made to sing with it. You know, it's the Kumbaya around that's the campfire. Right. <laughs> exactly. And that's right. And, and there really are, there's some singer songwriters that have been so canny about creating those melodies, yeah. you know, Billy Joel, Elton John, John that, Denver, that, John Denver, that they just made songs that were anthems the minute that they were written, that everybody, Neil Diamond, you know what I mean? And yeah. as much as, and, and I don't know, they're softer often. They, it's kind of funny. I got taken to task because I said, he does not, as a rule, rock James Taylor. Right. I don't know that. I think it's folk rock. I think it's, you know what I mean? But but his, uh, like, I don't know, Paul Simon has just had such an amazing career of um, great songs, incorporating other musics, always like, wow, he, he wrote great songs for 50 years. Who else can say? Randy Newman, you know, that they didn't have like a good 10-year period and then kind of became derivative and tailed off. No, that the fountain of their talent has continued to shower the world for so long. It's an amazingly cool thing that people have that creative spark and that craft and talent in them yeah. that they've been able to like change as the world has changed, but still be this cool and, creator. And it's again, wonderful. cross boundaries. You may not say James Taylor is rock, but I guarantee the heaviest metalhead knows a James Taylor song or two and may have even played it on guitar. You know, it's yeah. just, they, they, they're everybody. Um, Bob Dylan is another one, you know, I mean, Absolutely. Look at when he went to electric and people wanted to crucify him. Like, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> you know? Right. And, well, he, he, he's not a guy who's continued to make oh, only a couple more decades of great music. Right. You know, that and, and didn't he just sell like his catalog for billions of dollars or something? I, 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 yeah. Um, Some of the stuff. Maybe it was Okay. I, I know there's a couple of people that are doing that now that are saying, you know, I get to buy an island. <laughs> if John I, I did it. David Bowie sold stock in himself. You yeah. know what I mean? For the last like 20 years of his career and, and, and continued to produce. So it was a good deal for everyone. I think maybe Aerosmith did a similar thing. Oh, really? It's a, uh, yeah, that they, they actually, the contract they signed wasn't only to make albums. It was to kind of like incorporate themselves and say, you buy a share in our future works and we're going to share this risk together if you think we're going to produce a couple other great albums and buy in. And indeed, some of like Love It and Elevate, whatever else came out after this deal was like, thank you for making my investment good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? but, so here's something recent. This is getting off the where we're going to go for a second. So Def Leppard um, yeah. is releasing some playlists on Spotify. I got to look for exactly what it is. But uh, they like had uh, the early years which is some okay. of their first stuff. Um, they had one, the Viv Campbell years, which is when uh, Steve died and then Viv came in as guitarist. Amen. Okay. 
You know what they had one of the playlists as? What? The two arm years. Oh my God. How great well, is that? You know, everyone knows about it. And yeah. why not just embrace the, yes, the exactly. Exactly. Wow. I thought okay. That was great. <laughs> yeah, that made my day. So, okay. So, so we're going camping. We've got probably five or six weekends throughout from now till the end of summer planned for camping. Um, Fantastic. We've got all our stuff ready. Um, you know, we like to go out extended weekends a couple times, uh, close yeah. places, things like that. Um, so what, what other things are you guys doing now that maybe we can go out this year? Yeah. So it's, we're not campers, as you know, we tend to like, you know, no matter what we do during the day, we want to have a hotel room to have a shower right. in a bed and out the door and stuff like that. But we're going to do at least one trip to like Shenandoah. You know, which there's the Shenandoah and the New River Gorge, which is a new, the newest national park. And there's other beautiful things to see around there. There's, there's historic stuff, there's scientific stuff. So a little week trip we're being very careful about. So where are we going to stay? How do we find out that this isn't the, um, I don't know. I you know, I often like staying in independent places because they're a little bit more unique and more homey and stuff like that. But what I want is a corporate thing that says we have standards that say we have scrubbed your room down top to bottom. You will not have any breakfast uh, buffet interactions with you know what I mean. I'm looking for safety. So, but we're probably going to do at least that trip, maybe sometime in May for a week to get out and hike around and see some sights. Um, we really want to go see my mom and dad. That, even before that trip, we were playing a trip with mom and dad, and uh, uh, we're we're probably going to put that off for a little while because um, I think I've mentioned my mom has Alzheimer's, right. and it's she's doing okay but not doing great. And so my dad has requested that while they're pursuing more examination, perhaps a new drug, whatever else it might be that can help to have or have more good days than bad, that we not come out for a while. And and so I'm I'm torn, you know, and yeah, yeah. bear with me because I'm almost certainly going to tear up during this. Oh, you know, you. I so much want to respect my mom and dad and in their, they have a wonderful life, but I want to see my mom. I don't want it to be that, you know, their mom took a turn for the worse and, and left right. us. Before I had a chance to say I love you one more time, right. and so we're I'm I'm going to negotiate that with Dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to see what we can do to make it. Our coming out there doesn't have to be a stressor. It can be that we don't come and stay with them, but that we stay in a local hotel. We visit with them a couple hours a day when Mom needs a nap, when Mom uh, needs needs to be taken care of a little bit. We don't have to be in the way. We can we also we can help. You know what I mean? If there's things around the house to help clean, to prepare food. We'll be happy to make breakfast every day, whatever else it might be. I, I kind of want to convince my dad that our coming out there is not only going to be a, a burden, an addition to what's going on, but, but that it would be an addition. It would be a, a, a help benefit really. and a help. Exactly. And, and so, you know, already having examined, I think we can fly safely. If we can't, we can drive out to California in anywhere hey. from five days i'm going to bet there's some places you could stop on the way and see just that you know driving to california and back gives us that's rocky utah because i've already this is i love doing trip planning and i've already got a nice trip plan to like go out on 80 and come back on 40 and maybe do some 70 in there but you know like that's important to put on reasonable road miles each day but there are indeed things to stop and see all along the way and We've saved up all kinds of vacation time because of COVID. And yeah. so if it really is that we can find a way to do it safely, 
I'm not sure because we will be going some places where it isn't a big town, it's a small town. Can we safely know that we, even if we keep our masks on, that we stop and go into Subway and that it's not like COVID central? I, right. I have to overcome some momentum that I have of, I've been really careful. I don't want to blow it because I stopped in a place in right. Oklahoma and I was a fool. Yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it, it, We've kind of done the same thing because, you know, Gina had a huge rough a month with her mother and her nephew and, her, okay. and, that, and her dad still too. Um, but, and then her knee. So, you know, she's had a rough beginning of the year, uh, but we've doubled down and we've got plans uh, next week. We're going out to dinner with some old friends of hers that I've met for like five minutes. And, but okay. I've talked to him online and we've gone and had uh, a lunch with her brother and her sister and sibling or uh, spouses and we got another one planned. Uh, we're going up to see her dad. You're not vaccinated yet? How are you doing this? You know, I got to get in your face a minute. Are you okay with this? We, I mean, you you know that they've taken enough care that they're vaccinated, or are you just kind of saying we're done with it? No, um, we when like when we went to the restaurant, uh, it was separated from anyone else, um, and honestly, uh, Dutes and Mark are older, so I think. All the siblings, Gina and her two brother and sister, they've had the shot, and I think spouses have. I might be the only holdout at this point, maybe. Uh, I have to check. But I, I think there was a – we avoided being right in each other's faces. Uh, you know, we could see each other across the tables. There were three tables all separated a little bit. So me and Gina were at one, and maybe we talked a little louder. You know, we tried to avoid uh, getting too close. So it's not six feet. You know what I mean? You yeah, know that, I was closer to yeah. Gina than anyone else. Um, you know, so I'm close to her anyway. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's that, like you said, it's where do you balance and, you know, uh, what do you risk? I guess, uh, honestly, I feel like I'm taking more of a risk just to go down to the dollar general at times uh, <laughs> on the hardware store. I went to the hardware store the other day. I got a new weed whip. Okay. So there's my new toy. Uh, there you go. Playing with that. But I went down there mask and I'm on. like, yeah, well I had a mask on. I'm like, so what people that work or go to hardware stores don't have to wear masks anymore. I'm like, Jesus Christ, people. So See, I, it's, I, I have gone, I've been the one from between Colleen and I going out regularly. I, I made the provisions runs to Costco and to Marks and stuff like that and have done, you know, just that you go through the drive through window and I keep my mask up and they have their mask up. When I notice that sometimes they don't, it's under the nose. I've written a little note on the, you know, Burger King or McDonald's or whatever subway app that says, hey, you know, this store will not come here again if I, if this is how you're going to be lackadaisical about this because that person saw 10,000 people at the window today. What are you doing to not have this be as strict as you possibly can make it? You know, And most of the times it's a younger person and they've got the biggest transmission rate going on right now because they haven't True. gotten exactly. the vaccine. Exactly. That's right. So I don't know. We are not going to Michigan because that's got – and. I have a friend, Mike, who is really good about, well, what are the real stats and odds? And so I don't want it to be that I'm also yes or no. A spike means that it's 2% instead of 1%. And so that's still not that the whole state is just rife with it. And yet, everywhere that I can, make choices to hedge my bets and keep my odds as low as I possibly can. I'm going to do that. And I'm, I, I don't know. We're not we're not ready for dinners out yet. We we did just so we have uh, friends Nick and Kelly that 
They're kind of in our bubble. We've known them for a long time. They seem to have been taking as good a care as we have. They have a farm out in Norwalk, so they are mostly away from people. So we've gone together with them a couple times in the fall and now where we have a picnic outside. We are indeed separated. We keep our masks on all the time except when we're eating. Even when we position ourselves as we're talking kind of at each other, but not directly. And so I think that's been safe. But then when you just start talking about what you've been doing in your life, I sure hope that for as many times as I've gone to Mark's and there weren't people with masks on, that I didn't get cooties on me and that I wasn't unknowingly then a carrier. And yeah, same with too. Nick and the Rotary or in, you know, uh, Sheltie, uh, uh, um, like dog rescue club and stuff like that. And all the stories that they tell, you hope that everyone and every one of those stories was masked because they haven't totally isolated themselves. And so we get a little bit of, Oh boy, you know, you kind of are out here in um, farther West Trump country, Ohio. I hope you are really as okay as you've been thinking you are and portraying to us. You know, please, Nick and Kelly, if you listen to this, please don't take it wrong. But you know what I, I mean? I really people hate you. Live, He's not. <laughs> people live their lives. And they not everybody in your bubble has exactly the same risk, awareness, and tolerance that you do. And so I I oh. think that Colleen is ready to go out again yeah. on business, do things. Once we're vaccinated, we know we're as safe as we're going to get. So time to get back to the world. But I kind of don't want to be... Then I went to the state that really has been the least, not now, for the entire year, has not been taking care of itself because there really is staunch opposition. And like, oh, there's a lot of places to go besides that place. How about if I uh, reward the place that's been safe? I'm going to go to Oregon because they have been smart from the start, and I'll spend some time in Portland or whatever else. So here's partly probably from our viewpoint, too, a little little different because Gina works medical. She works in a doctor's office. Uh, she works in a cramped enclosure with like eight other women uh, that, you know, it's impossible to avoid. And then people come up to the window and they're lean in on the window. They use the pens. So uh, it, it's kind of like a very impossible feat for her to say, well, I completely avoided COVID all day. You know, when she comes home and says, yeah, there were four COVID patients in the office today. Well, the office that, you know, you had one uh, practitioner um, put them in the room and talk to them. You had another uh, someone come in to talk to them health and that, then they went down and they walked through the hall and passed other people. And even if Gina wears a mask and she does her hands all the time, she's like, still, there were like four other people in the office exposed and I, you know, so we've kind of got the thing, like we're doing everything we can, but uh, you know, we can do everything. I could stay in the house for the next year, but she still goes to the office every single day. So uh, we did go out to eat Friday night. We went to this new place in Cuyahoga Falls called a plus crab. And I think I saw that. Yeah, All right. green seafood. And they, you know, I called and asked them, I'm like, do you have limited seating? Do we need a reservation? Uh, do you wear masks? You know, I asked them that. They said, oh, yeah, we, we clean everything after every person eats. We keep everybody separated. All of our servers wear masks the whole time. And I never saw any of the servers with the mask pulled down or anything like that. They were all up taking a break. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, and we okay. were nowhere near anybody else's table. I couldn't even hear other conversation, just a low murmur. Um, but the That's food very reassuring you know, because yeah. I, I hope 
start doing that when we take our walks through Lakewood and we see some of the outdoor cafes that because they're outdoors, they don't seem to be necessarily putting people far enough apart, in my right. opinion. Right. We, so, we, uh, we did see a couple. <laughs> we, we had a couple of times, oh, maybe we should do this. And we stopped one place a while back and we looked and Gina said, oh, no, nobody in there is wearing a mask and they're all bunched up. We're not eating here. And we left. Not doing that. You know, so again, it, you got to mitigate your own risk, I guess. And for us that, you know, she's exposed every day. So she does everything she can while she's at work. Uh, and she's got the shot. I'm going to get the shot here soon. I have to, <laughs> if I want to go at some of these places I got planned. Yeah. Rossi, there's so many websites that you can now go to that you can sign up that day. And by you being a little bit further out of the city, there really are places that when they get doses, they get a thousand doses and they don't necessarily have a thousand people that are lined up. So you should be able to go to who's doing it in your area, a fire yeah, department, I, a school, a church that might yeah, have, you I, I think sign up the, that morning, go I shot think that the, afternoon. The guy down the road that does taxidermy and he sells meat <laughs> on a little yeah. stand. I think he said he, he has a couple. Dirty needles, exactly. Yeah. Those are the good ones. I, right. I licked it off. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> just running through the fire a couple of times because he does some uh, metal work out back. He's got a good blowtorch. They exactly. told me it was good. Hey, before we go, I have uh, an album or actually an artist uh, for you that I haven't heard you mention before. I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, his name is Haywood Banks. I, he does great funny stuff. Okay. In fact, I didn't you know hear him. about him before coming to Ohio, but he did like Big Butter Jesus and stuff yes. like that, as I told right? And uh, Wiper Blades. Wiper Blades is my favorite. Hey, yes exactly yeah, yeah, so yeah. i do like him he's really good it's uh and, and again like, we try to close the show with this uh i my wonderful discovery lately has been i've been going through the collections i found out that i'm missing some simpsons cds <gasps> you know not only do they have of course a billion episodes but they've collected albums of and so i bought three i only had a couple of them. i had songs in the key of springfield and simpsons sing the blues and they were both really good i got the simpsons movie soundtrack a little bit too orchestral and ambient, not, but the yellow album and then the testify is just loaded with great excerpts from the show that lead into little songs. And sometimes they're only like a minute or three minutes, but man, that show has never jumped the shark. Yeah. They have been witty for 30 plus years. Is it 34, 37? I've lost track now. Is- they continue to be so witty and, and, pithy perfect with word choice and you know culturally right on what is worth being made fun of nowadays you know what i mean they've had all kinds of great guest stars they've had they're just they make me crack up like i have 30 songs on here because they're all shorter and i must have laughed out loud at 20 out of 30 they're just so witty i think one of my favorite lyrics of all time is they did a song that was a parody of the planet of the apes and the guy sings I hate every ape I see from chimpanzee to chimpanzee. And that, just think of the wit that goes into that. It's absurd, but it's hilarious. And so that's my recommendation, folks. Seek out some good Simpson CDs, and it, they will brighten your day. They will crack you up, yeah. <laughs> along with Haywood Banks. Thank you for that. Simpsons I do not have any of his CDs, so I have to seek them out, because I know I've heard many of his songs. I need to get his collections. So, okay. Yeah, uh, okay. good stuff. I agree. All right. Okay. So, all right. Take care. We'll see you in a week. Oh, I should mention, if you, in case you're available, Memorial Day weekend, we've been invited to do a live podcast down in Texas. That is a live podcast at an RG that's down in Texas. So wow. please check your schedule. We thought okay. we might be out of town for Memorial Day weekend. You're talking about camping trips. I'm wondering if you're doing one as well. And so that will be, of course, our we'll coordinate schedules or we won't. Okay. <laughs> okay. Is, it, is it live or virtual? 
um, it's it's well, uh, I guess it could be virtual if they want us to do live, like we've been doing at Cincinnati and Columbus and stuff like Dayton. Um, but uh, we could do a pre-taping depending on what the theme of their RG is right. and focus on a theme that we have been, and that seems to work out okay. okay. So, yeah. all, all right, right. we'll do. Take care, Stephen. Later, man. All right. You have been listening to the Relentless Geekery Podcast. Come back next week and join Alan and Stephen's conversation on Geek Topics of the Week.